Welcome to 1991 Movie Rewind, the podcast where we watch and review every movie released in 1991, from the all-time greatest classics to the critically panned and everything in between. You'll rediscover forgotten fan favorites and uncovered hidden gems as we explore the dust of director video. Join us in our celebration of the fun, unique, and diverse films of this highly underrated year. This week, we watched Toy Soldiers. and thank you for joining us on 1991 Movie Rewind. Toy Soldiers follows a group of teenagers in the Regis boarding prep school. Billy Tepper, played by Sean Astin, has already been kicked out of three other schools, and his best friends have also been rejected from other places. This group of misfits will try to become unlikely heroes when a terrorist gang takes the entire school hostage. Screenplay by Daniel Petrie Jr. and David Kep, directed by Daniel Petrie Jr., and released on April 26, 1991. So again, once we'll we'll once again apologize for any audio problems before we dive in. Uh, we should be back to normal next week. Um, have you seen Toy Soldiers before? I just like don't tell mom the babysitter's dead. I watched this movie a lot. What was it about this movie that <laughs> captivated you? Was it just it was on all the time, or it was that? And then also it kind of, I just, it rem, it was like a teen version of like the Goonies to me. Interesting. See, my first thought was like Home Alone just because of like the, uh. Okay. Well, maybe because. The one gadget, but like that, that would, that, that didn't really fit. So it was like more of like a teen diehard the more I thought about it really. Yeah, I guess, I guess maybe because of Sean Astin. And then also. Sure. I had a huge crush on Will Wheaton around this time. Okay. And a lot of the guys take turns having scenes with their shirts off for, you know, no actual reason. Just right. I, I, I think it, it, I don't know. <laughs> I mean, I watched this on um, YouTube. Yeah. So I was reading the comments and yeah, there was like a lot of people who had the same mindset as I was. Like it was just a lot of how much they loved this movie when they were a kid mm-hmm. and how un- super underrated this movie was. <laughs> Not a lot of people saying how much they like it now as adults. No, I think they were like, so <laughs> no, I was reading all the comments and I was like, yes, these people are me. Like, I feel seen because I feel like no one knows about this movie except for like me and my brother. It's one that's because kind of we watched it all the time. Yeah, yeah it, it's not a very common, um, commonly talked about movie compared to other stuff. And it's not like it did poorly in the box office, it did all right. Uh, not a huge, huge hit, but I mean, you know, better than some of the other ones we've covered recently. Um, I don't know. I, I, I don't know why it's kind of just, I never watched it before. This is my first time viewing it and I, coming in, I had a much different expectation of what it was going to be, um, just based off of the name. And maybe that's part of the problem, like toy soldiers and seeing the cover 
in the video store and everything, I was expecting like a high drama, you know, like something that was very tense and power struggle and you know what I mean? Um, or like a very, I don't know, like tragic coming of age story. Okay. That's what, it, that's, that's the impression I was getting from all of this stuff that I had, I, I knew from the marketing material and just the name. What, like um, Platoon or something like that? Yeah, or like something else I haven't seen, but I get the same vibe from. It's like School Ties. Oh, okay. You know, something something along those lines where it's just, you know, basically like angry teenagers coming to terms with stuff. I was not expecting like a semi-lighthearted, but right. graphic <laughs> right. hostage movie. <laughs> so... Um, I kind of had to switch gears in, in what I was watching and, and try to like understand what was what was happening. So that was uh, that was weird. But I mean, you know, it, it, it got there. <laughs> I, I understood. I, I think what helps this movie a lot is like you have good actors playing these roles, not just the kids, but also the villain, uh, and then also Louis Gossett Jr. is like the dean is has a great part as well um i think that carries a lot of this because i kind of wanted a bit more of the adventure side i wanted a little bit more goonies i wanted a little bit more diehard there was a lot of talking and discussing and be like hey you shouldn't be here you should go over here wait you can't go back to the school you have to do this first i'm like no let's just let's let's speed it up let's get to the let's get to the good stuff yeah I mean, yeah, this movie is two hours too, mm -hmm. but I mean, I was, I haven't seen this movie since like 1998 or something. I don't know. So I remember, you know, being obsessed with it, but then rewatching it again, I was like, oh, I'm into it. <laughs> <laughs> so <laughs> I don't know. It still captured you. Yeah. <laughs> like you knew what to expect. I, yeah. What was interesting to me at the beginning is like, I don't know how old these kids are supposed to be. I guess like junior, senior year of high school. I think, yeah. Um, but they're written as if they are like 12-year-olds. You know, like yeah. a lot of situations that they get into are very, oh, those pesky little rascal kids, these little stinker troublemakers from, you know, it had like the 80s vibe of... I don't know, like the Goonies, I guess. Like, yeah. Aw, shucks, little rascals. And that was weird in an R-rated movie <laughs> to have some yeah, of that I, I also read that this is based off of a book. It is. And I, I, should, I don't the, know why I didn't write the, the author's name, but he. this is the only book of his that was adapted to a movie, even though he's written... Yeah, it, his name is like, William P. Kennedy. And it is about... Billy Tepper, who, I mean, that's who Sean Astin is, so, but the school takes place in Italy, and, okay. but it's a U.S., it's a school in Italy, but it's American boys at this private school. Terrorists come to that school, and it, it's loosely based, because, I mean, 
it also is about going after their fathers, getting to their sons first, because their fathers okay. had some sort of, ven they had a vendetta with their fathers, because it's, you know, like a rich boy school. So there is more of a personal connection to all of them in the book. Yeah. It wasn't in this one. This one is like, like this his so the main bad guy, Lewis Kali, he's just like, I want my father back and I'll just yeah. do fucking anything to get my father back. And so he goes to the school because one of the kids uh his father is the judge presiding in the American case where the, the his you know, father Enrique Kali yeah. was extradited. Um but the, the school got wind of this ahead of time and mm -hmm. they were able to get that kid out of there before anyone shows up. And so when Louis Kelly, Louis Kelly shows up with his, with his band of, um, you know, with his gang, yeah, they just take the, the whole school hostage instead. And then they find out, Oh, you have a high power dad and you have a high power dad and you do too. Okay. So you're leveraged now. Yeah. See, when I was younger, and, and of I'd... course, like most of the ones that are mentioned, at least are the um, yeah the five crew the group like of friends. Main, yeah. yeah, like when I was younger, I that that went over my head because I was like, why are they going after these fucking kids when the one kid was already removed? Like that when I was like twelve, I was not paying attention, <laughs> but now I got it. Yeah, sort of like, I mean, that's that's the only option you have, um, and you're already there, so hostages right. are hostages, we'll just go with it. Yeah. Um, and one of them happens to be a, the like son a of a mob boss, and that mob boss has had dealings with Louis Kelly in the past, and so there's a little bit of connection there, and that kind of, you know, rolls into the story later on. Um, but I mean, yeah, it's, it's a weird way to set up the situation, but it's not like it doesn't make sense. And, and the oh, school yeah. is enclosed enough. What's kind of weird to me is that they let all of the faculty go, except for like one person, um, right off the bat, which is kind of I strange. I thought that was weird too, how they got rid of the faculty, because I thought the faculty was there. Because all I remember was that the British guy, the headmaster. Yeah, the, so they yeah, just the, kept the him. headmaster there who's teaching one class while the rest of the kids do whatever the hell because that's all that's left. Um, and I do he's, remember... So he's like one class at a time. Like, I do remember how Louis Gossett Jr., he was... Because while Louis took over that school, that's when Louis Gossett Jr. or Dean Parker went into mm -hmm. town because that's when he got the alcohol that uh billy was selling like he was gonna go find out he was gonna go to the liquor stores and be like hey you sold all this al alcohol to like a 15 year old kid i'm gonna get you in trouble type of thing right that he was out <laughs> that's what i was yeah so i understood yeah. that but I don't understand yes. the letting go of the teachers except for the headmaster because they could yeah, use kinda... them as leverage too if they wanted to because 
I mean, we're going to go back. So starting in the beginning, Luis is in Colombia and, you know, they are taking over like a like a judge or palace of justice in Colombia. So they had those hostages there, the judge and whoever was in the courtroom, they had them mm-hmm. as hostages. Yeah, but that that fell apart quickly because they were being held hostage um, in the exchange for the father again. Right. Uh, but Luis was mistaken thinking that his father had not already been transported to America because he was given bad information on purpose and they snuck his father out on a different plane. So he thought he was still in Colombia. He was already in U.S. Once he found out he was in U.S., then he basically just like... You know, yeah, but when he found out that out, he like threw a random woman out the window, and then he <clears> threw <throat> that judge out of the uh, the plane or the uh, oh, helico- the helicopter. helicopter, yeah, yeah. So he, he pretended like he was gonna like steal the judge, and then he just kicked him out yeah. in midair. And I mean, this is boy, how the is movie that, starts, that's... and I was like, holy shit, <laughs> I don't <laughs> that, that's a pretty harrowing shot because you're you're in a camera looking up at this judge. Uh, free falling in the sky with yeah. like nothing above him, and it, it's really kind of a freaky perspective. I, I just can't. I'm just when I was younger that I ignored all that stuff. I was like, get to the cool parts where the five teenage boys are like taking over these dudes. That's like all I cared about when I was younger. Like, I don't remember that stuff in the beginning at all. But watching it yeah. now, I was like, oh, shit. Like, these people are just, like, getting shot in the head, like, with no remorse. Yeah, it's, it's I mean, it's pretty brutal. It is an R-rated movie. It's not the most gory, gruesome thing we've seen. No, by any but I'm just... The imagination, I'm but just it's, laughing you know... that I was watching this as a 12-year-old being like, yeah, <laughs> I don't know. I mean, honestly, like, if it weren't for some of the blood and guts, this could have easily been a PG-13. They could have removed a couple swear words and been fine, because yeah. most of the stuff that happens is pretty tame. Um, but, you know, they, they earn their R. Uh, maybe that's partly why it wasn't remembered as fondly or as much, is because it wasn't already a movie, and so maybe not as many. I think kids, you know, the preteen teenager market is probably what the target audience should have been for this yeah and r-rated kind of makes that impossible uh, or tougher yeah because obviously obviously not possible because tq did it (laughs) but yeah right i mean i didn't watch this until it was finally on cable and it, it was just on one day and then i got sucked into it and then i just watched it all the time yeah yeah, it needed that word of mouth, and it never yeah. quite got there. So, yeah, I mean, we, we get an okay introduction to the group of kids. I mean, they're, I don't know, they're meant to be... What's weird is, like, I feel like the movie is trying to portray them as, like, the worst of the worst, but, like, all the stuff that they do in terms of, like, pranks and whatever it's like is very what a basic tame. prank any teen does. Yeah, I mean, obviously, like, selling booze, underage, underage kids, whatever, but, like, 
like what I, like they they hide it in like mouthwash bottles and they try to make it like look and like taste mouthwash. like mouthwash yeah. but it's actually vodka so it, you know like get some um and then they call a sex line all together and uh it, it like in this hidden basement area and the dean like is able to find out because it gets somehow routed to his line too and mm. he picks up the phone and like whoa what's going on here and so like he's able to find this so and then they like they bring all the headmaster stuff out into the lawn and perfect order is like a prank to get back for being busted for the alcohol so it, like it's you know childish stuff yeah i mean that's that's fine but i mean at least it leads to like good conversations between the dean and billy because billy's like what are you gonna do kick me out like because i guess uh, it seems like he kind of wants to be just like he's just like, used he to it care. and yeah this dean is the most under because i think he was kicked out like three times already and yeah so the dean's like i'm not gonna kick you out i have no intention of doing that like you're gonna be punished for sure but like you're sticking it out you're gonna graduate here um and he and he's trying to find the silver linings like that was really in, ingenious how you were able to route that phone line and, and yeah. do all that stuff get down there in basement but um, i mean wow, like really he's clever he's how like you a... did this but <laughs> yeah he's like a good parent i don't know <laughs> yeah but... And maybe that's one of the things that I missed about this movie is like they make allusions to what happened with Billy's or not not even what happened just like he doesn't have a good relationship with either his mom or dad and we don't know anything about right. why and it never yeah we don't know up. the history of any of these teenagers I guess yeah not even yeah, not really with, I mean, like you know that joe joey with his mob dad you just know that he hates his dad he's like i have no respect for my father for what he does because he, yeah because he's a mobster so yeah. I mean, at least that, that part i get, makes that. Sense because we get that but like billy's dad is someone who owns like a construction a oh he's business yeah the, okay the third the third largest construction business in whatever blah blah, blah country yeah. i don't know whatever but that's all we know, and that also that he doesn't have any, that Billy has no desire to be with his mom or his dad, and we have no idea what that history is at all. The other kids, we know who their parents are just because of when Louis is talking about, oh, and your dad is such and such? Yes, that's right. Yeah. Okay. That's it. That's what we get. That's our background. I mean, do we need a lot of that? No, but I mean, I think in, at least in Billy's case, it would help flesh his character out a bit more if we knew why, or, you know, like, was, was given some sort of background, and be like, well, why like is why? he bouncing from school to school? Like, what, what yeah, spurred what... this? And the the yeah. other schools were probably, yeah, not as understanding as how Dean Parker is or something. Yeah, because, right. I mean... They the were just like, gets... you did one bad thing, get the fuck out i don't know i mean that's probably what right it is. yeah because like the stuff he does here is like okay yeah he calls a sex line yes that's not a good thing and yeah he throws a banana into the desk that he put outside like okay so, i mean that's i mean yeah he's it, just it, being yeah. like is that expulsion no <laughs> so, no like, he's yeah. just being like a typical teenage boy <laughs> i don't know i mean i don't know about typical but i mean at least he's not like well, like a class nothing, clown, nothing I guess. Nothing is destructive except for the graffiti that they paint onto the cop right. car. 
and then onto the sign where they they replace regis with rejects yeah and my first thought was well why didn't they go for penis that's that's like regis and penis like, i think they call it see i because, thought it was yeah, they like explained it later they said oh well we call it the reject school because so many of us were kicked out from other places like oh okay i get it but yeah going in fresh i'm like that's tame you you changed it from regis to rejects instead of penis but then it made sense in the course of the story mm-hmm. i mean maybe they did at some point yeah either way but I'm, I'm just saying like most of the stuff that they did was not destructive in any way except for i guess the spray paint anyway like, it is also kind of odd that they're you know the faculty is let go um which means that what the kids have to do all of the like cooking for everybody no, as well they, and there's only there's less than a hundred of them they released the school faculty except for the cooks and the headmaster so they had okay. cooks there but they had the students serving these guys okay yeah i guess there was one shot at least of the cook in well, the yeah, background like one but they don't really two. show yeah much of that but there's less than a hundred students there yeah, which I don't know how many there should be, but that seems low. Um, and then obviously no faculty except for the one. And then there's, we learned 13 guards total, 13 people, mm-hmm. uh, bad guys. Um, most of them are on the roof, I guess, 24 hours a day. Like, you know, they don't take shifts. They're all like in specific positions and, you know, Supposedly they're watching the entire complex for 24 hours a day without any sort of breaks or shift changes. But they're heavily armed, very, very heavily armed. At one point, the the, the local police officer tries to get into the, uh, the grounds. They find out that one of the faculty members was shot. So when they let the rest of the faculty out, they let the one that was killed go as well because he was trying to... Yeah, stop. One of, the, one of the kids tried to call the police. Right. The, the terrorists wanted to stop him, and the, the teacher tried to stop the terrorists, and so he got killed. Right. So I think, yeah, that's uh, why they got rid of the faculty, because they were like, all right, well, yeah. we already got they're, one. They're more scared of adults than they are of the kids. I yeah. guess they think they can, be, they can overpower these teenagers. But never underestimate the... Uh, the, the dumb ambition of teenagers right. <laughs> like the, the the lack of fear from not knowing any better that kids that young might have mm-hmm. and so that's sort of what the movie is kind of about they all get put into this you know so all the dorms are now consolidated into like one hallway and so now instead of like two people per room it's now like five or six and all of the the friends are together with a couple other kids ted aka yogurt um and then i forget the other kid's name because he doesn't really factor in the plot at all (laughs) yogurt does electronics just like billy and so they bond and talk about like the plane stuff which comes into play later on uh and then the you know a lot of their time is just spent talking about well what can we do how can we take these guys down you know this is yeah they immediately start to come up with a plan like billy does yeah, yeah he's like, like what can we do like, we well, to... there's one guy in the hallway only one guy we could take him this is this is what um joey says right we could take him take the machine gun and then just start spraying the rest of them he's like no that won't work they're gonna you know they'll they'll get us before we can get everybody um 
And so like the plan just becomes, let's just learn everything we possibly can. Right. So over a matter of few days, they and the, map out how many people are on like their shifts or whatever. And yeah, I mean, it makes sense, that they, you know, how they do that. I think I wish it would have taken a little bit less time, you know, since it is a two hour movie. Like, I don't I don't know. They could have reconvened and said some of the stuff. We don't need to see them discovering every single thing on huh. camera. I don't know. It's um, fine. It um, is fine, but like it was a little slow at that point. Again, it... I kind of wanted like, more stuff to happen. I wanted the rebellion to start like immediately. Yeah, well, just sooner. Like we know, we know that they're going to find out everything. So why do we need to see them finding out everything? That's all. Yeah, I mean, once they started to do their planning, and then the first part of their scheme i guess or their idea was for billy to because lewis wants a head count every hour on the hour and um they have to do this specific task in less than an hour so you know we see it all done and billy takes everything because during the time that they're learning all of these, like the scheduling and who's there and how many people are where on this map, they draw it out. And then Joey is like an artist, so he's doing like face recognition drawings <laughs> on every page. And then Billy has like the map of where everyone is. And what they do every day and then gives them that like the descriptions of these guys to yeah to the outsiders to the outsiders but, um, i think like what the was... movie does that that's good and bad i guess is that you know when the terrorists come through and they set up the whole situation they set up the the, the system there's a couple things to keep in mind is one, the school is completely wired with explosives and Luis has a wristwatch type of a detonator thing, which he can press at any time to blow up the school if he wants to. So yeah. that's, that's sort of like number one is like, you know, even if you come after me, you know, and I'm dying, I can quickly press the button and you're all dead no matter what. So, you know, leave me alone Two. You know, they have all these high-powered guards and everything, and they do the head count, and they say, if any one person is missing from this head count, then five of you will randomly be killed. If two people are missing, then ten. So, like, they do a good job of explaining, like, this is why it's dangerous. Yeah. But we never actually see the danger after the faculty member is shot. Like, once it's just, like, the kids and everyone's in the routine, they're all just, like, out there, like, playing in the yard and doing whatever, and then they just come in the cafeteria. We don't ever see any actual... Danger? ...threat to well, their lives. Well, because they're doing exactly what is being told of them. I know. I know. But, like, again, it's, it's one of those things where the tension doesn't happen until Billy goes on this reconnaissance mission. Um, and that's when things really start to ramp up. So they do a good job of like explaining and setting up, like, this is why this is happening. And here's why people aren't trying to fight back more actively. You know, they, they do that. So they send Billy with all this information to the outside world. Um, and they have all these different like little plans. And so the, it's a walled off school 
but he knows the underground ways because you know they know the underground ways being the delinquents who sneak out and they you know develop distractions to make sure that the guards on the roof don't see him when he's like trying to leave um and then he's supposed to be back within 45 minutes so he can still catch the the head count so the problem with that is once he gets out there the cops are like okay good you got out you're not going back in right and he's, and like, he's like no 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 i can't. have to go back in but billy doesn't do a he doesn't explain why he doesn't yeah he doesn't say they're gonna feel, kill does he say that they're gonna no. kill five people if i don't return i think he does like at the very last second before he steals the car to run away but like he doesn't get them you know on the offset Okay, you know? I thought it's he a, was trying like, it, to if explain. He, if he does, he doesn't explain it at all. He's just like, no, no, I have to get back. No, I have to get back. Like, you don't understand. I have to get back. And they were he doesn't like, explain why. Yeah, well, yeah. And they were like, well, if you go back, you're going to get killed. And he's like, no, if right. I don't return, more people are going to get, get killed. Yeah. Yeah, but he doesn't, like, explain, like, what the rules are that they guess, you know. And I yeah, think yeah. if they would have, I don't know there could have been ways to do it like they could have like sent him back in with like a wire or something like that and like but i mean if he was wired i think didn't they check that they were like Uh, i mean well when he came back he was late right so they did the count like three times and then like they're getting ready to shoot people and then he comes in he spill he he falls he steals a truck or he steals like a jeep he gets back to the the little um aqueduct thing that he crawled through in order to to, um, to get out but he slips and falls and so he's completely wet and so as he's getting back in the building he just strips off all his clothes grabs the towel that he used to prop the window open and then pretends like he was taking a shower and didn't hear the thing so he's wet he probably stinks to fucking high heaven but they don't notice that yeah that, that was like the most like so yeah they don't check I... him because he's only wearing a towel yeah it's just the most eye-rolling part for me was there's okay i don't even know how many days they've been at this thing or being held hostage for them to finally do this first part of the plan but there's so there's under a hundred people that they're counting so wouldn't the guy be like hey i don't see that billy kid wouldn't they start recognizing faces or i don't know yeah yeah probably and then he's like well i don't see that billy kid so what the fuck's going on because that whoever that side i forgot the sidekick dude's name the white guy (laughs) i don't know i think they only say it one time it's uh his his name is jack thorpe okay because i think they only call him jack like once once? yeah i just call him like (laughs) sidekick guy but he's doing the counting and then it's like he goes to Luis and it's like 91 we're missing one and then Luis is like count again but he should have been like hey i don't see that one billy kid so right we gotta start i don't know they could have started asking his friends first but and then the other funny thing that like made my eyes roll a little bit was when he came back and he's like, oh, sorry, I was late. I was taking a shower. And then the Jack guy touches his hair and he's like, yeah, he's wet. I was like, obviously, you dumbass. I don't know. It's like, he also probably smells like sewage. Like sewage. <laughs> yeah. But 
yeah, he could have been like, well, he smells pretty bad, or but whatever. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, they, they try to plan everything out pretty well, I guess, in that they use, like, a soccer kick to mask the, the glass breaking that Billy does. Yeah. You know, they, and then they use the, the motorized RC plane to distract the roof guard so he can, like, run away and stuff like that and so they time these things out and like they they light a book of matches and, and use a smoke uh, smoke detector to kind of distract them again when he's supposed to be coming back even though he's been detained by the the outside police um so i mean you know there, there's there's that good little heist adventure thing for a scene uh and then it kind of slows down a tiny bit again um well that's when um so Luis gets pissed off at Billy like takes him to the other room and whips him and that's just kind of like a fuel to be like okay we really need to like fuck these guys over after what they did with Billy and um but then yeah it we don't show the teenagers doing coming up with the second part of the plan because then it goes back to like um it's like all the parents it's like a pta meeting or something it's all the parents of these teenage boys they're like um some of them are there from they're not um from high powered or like rich families or influential parents or wealthier and some of them were there through scholarship and we some parents are explaining like well my son like we're poor basically <laughs> like my like my like what do they want with me and my son there, there was like a whole scene with that and then the whole scene and then it, that's where they show um jerry orbach who's the mob boss yeah, um, uncredited role. Yeah, uncredited. Like, they just show... We don't know that he's a mob... Well, like, we don't know who, what we, we, he yeah, is. Yeah, we, we get told. We get yeah. told, but we we don't, like, know who he is until, you know, later on. Because then there's a whole thing with Jerry Auerbach and, like, his men to try to make a deal with Luis because, you know, they have worked together or know each other to get his son out so there was like i don't know it's like a good 15 minutes or so of that yeah i think that's what it, what i mean is like it slows down because it gets to a lot of talking so there's like the the pta stuff um where it's like well what are you gonna do for our kids so i'm like I, I understand that that scene exists but yeah you know, it goes on or whatever um and then there's like the whole thing of like the cops talking to the dean and like well why can't you do this why can't you do this why can't you try this and it's like well we can't because of this and blah 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 the explosives and such and such like all right like let's just get to the thing so like i, I would have rather seen billy and the team like coming devise up their, their full plan the only part yeah. we know is that they plan to Change trade the, the computer chip, chip yeah. that's in the plane with the computer chip that's in the detonator so that when he tries to press the detonator, he'll actually be controlling the plane and then they can do whatever from there. Right. But the, they don't explain like how they're going to do it. Um, we learned that as it's happening and hope that, you know, it's, and it's a lot of like 
hoping and praying that like the timing is just right. Right. Which is kind of annoying. I don't know. I, I, it happens a lot with movies, but you know, I, I would have liked more or less talking and more planning espionage type talking instead of like, well, let's do this. No, we can't because of that. Um, and then there's like the whole thing with like the, the dad and the son of like Luis and Enrique where, you know, there's secret messages coming from the dad to the son right. to like this, like some this weird... system. And he's like using numeric codes yeah. and, you know, they're trying to get him out because he's in jail. And at some point there's a, um, a prison riot. I think that um, happens later after Joey's death because they learn, I think that's when, or was there a riot before? Boy, that's a good question. And, and I don't I remember, remember that. already. All I remember is the riot after his death because obviously his father is like, well, my son was supposed to re be released. Yeah, the riot He's happens after, after. And so it's probably yeah. something that the, the mob boss coordinated because the... the because his child. son is dead. So it's like, okay, yeah. well, I'm going to kill your father. And that riot kills Louis Enrique. Enrique. Yeah, so we should talk about how Joey gets got. Yeah. Um, so like, <laughs> okay. there, there, there's the messages to the, from the dad to the son Enrique to to Luis, um, and there's this whole idea of like the mob boss will try to get Enrique um, out if he gets Joey out, and so Joey is is brought into the office by Luis and says, "Look, you're you're going to be free to go." And Joey knows it's because of his dad, which he hates. He doesn't want the mob power to be used for this, like, at all, let alone just, like, save him and not his friends. And so he kind of fights back then and there, and he does steal the gun uh, from one of the guys. He tries to shoot and kill one of the, the armed guards, but he just misses. Like, he doesn't know how to handle this big weapon, and it just fires into the air instead uh, because of the recoil. And then the guy he was firing on shoots him and kills him on the steps in front of uh, all the students right and then you uh. know Luis sees that and he's like no don't like this is not supposed to happen so then that's when they call the dean i mean who do they call because yeah, the dean comes yeah, back the dean the dean and I don't know. I mean, I think there's some sort of coroner or somebody right. who's there too, of course. But like, they're able to claim the body, and like, Luis is at the door with the dean, uh, talking to him. Which you know, I don't know why they couldn't have just like armed him or something. You know, like yeah, trying to find some way to use that as leverage too, but they didn't. Um, and and they you know like Luis is basically saying like tell the cops like this was an accident like this is something that we didn't plan this you know he was supposed to be let go but he fought back and we had to shoot him because he had the gun it, like it, blah 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 it wasn't it wasn't planned let them know it wasn't planned um, and, and again like this is you know good I don't know like I understand the perspective I understand like what's going on I think what carries it is like the the performances from the two people because you have a very effective villain. Yeah. Louise Cow. Yeah, I mean, uh, he used to scare me. I 
hated him <laughs> i mean i just know him from this role and i was like i hate this guy <laughs> yeah the only time i watched it i was like this looks like a, a grown-up josh hartnett slash jack black looking dude oh um but he's you know he's he's a pretty good villain and then you have uh lewis gossett jr as a dean who is you know just all around really effective and, and tries to talk reason and you know very understanding and you know like tries to bring bring the humanity into every situation that he's involved in so yeah it, it's it's an interesting scene that happens but then yeah shortly after there's a prison we see a prison riot happen and, and kelly's dad is killed yeah um, and so the cops know that this has happened um Luis does not yet know and so they're planning to raid the school before he finds out yeah uh, and he kills everybody at the school yeah they do this FBI they get like the FBI rescue team together in, in the army it's just like all these people are banding together with the dean and like using what's, what's... the information that Billy gave them well not only that but also relying heavily on his plan of swapping the chips so like evidently yeah. that was something that billy had told to them and like they're incorporating that into the plan like i hope your kid can do it because we need that to happen it's like when when was this discussed like all, all the different conversations you've had like now all of a sudden like we know that billy you know told about this, the, the chip switch yeah but so like that part was like annoying that like because you know. they're putting their like this is where it gets like all hokey like even at the end i'm just like okay i mean because <laughs> they're putting all of their eggs in one basket on mm -hmm. the heels of this 15 year old kid i don't know <laughs> Yeah, and, like, it doesn't seem like anything that they're doing is but actively supporting It's just, supporting like, these are professional, mission. like, FBI. Like, don't they have the tools or the means to do this as well? I don't know. Whatever. I, I don't know, but, like, again, like, they're not actively helping Billy. They're just surrounding the place, and they're using their helicopters to shoot the guys who are on the right. roof. Right, yeah. They are not helping Billy get from one spot to another so he can be in position to swap the chips. That's all up to Billy. Right, and, they're and, putting this you know, all the, on the friends Billy's and shoulders. Whoever. So, like, that that part's weird to me, too. Um, That's where I was kind of, This is where I was just, like, rolling my eyes. I was like, this would not happen in real life, but whatever. I know this is a movie. And <laughs> yeah, then I'm I like, don't have much of a with, with that. I think I rolled my eyes the most at the, the pots and pans. Whatever. The pots and pans is my favorite part. <laughs> Like I used that's like an inside joke like, with me and one other person. But still, like it's like you know what pots and pans means. Like it's just like that's, weird, like you know what I mean? Like he's like, I'm like, doing yeah, you're, pots, you're from Colombia. And, and they're like, like pots and pans. <laughs> that's the best what part. Pots and pans, like pots and pans. And he's like, Oh, and then he gets like hit oh, in the head. Pans. That's hilarious to me. <laughs> It's like Home Alone-ish. That's, yeah. that's like the Home Alone-ish part. I mean, yeah, that will not that would not happen in real life because no. a terrorist wouldn't be like, what the fuck is a I mean, they would probably be yeah. like, you fucking dumb kid, shut the fuck up, or whatever. But Yeah, and um Yeah, I don't so know. Anyway, but yeah, like so everyone's getting like 
destroyed by the helicopters, including Jack. Jack, who, you know, like the, the main right-hand man, he goes up to the, the roof to try to stop him. And like right before he shoots off the rocket launcher, the helicopter is able to snipe him down. Um, and then for some reason, this is the part that also kind of makes my eyes roll, is like in the other tower where they're standing guard, they were facing the other way. And then they turn around to mm-hmm. see a helicopter rising underneath them and shooting them like you couldn't hear the helicopter yeah they couldn't hear the helicopters for like you can hear a helicopter from miles away (laughs) it's it's kind of like whatever that other movie was i can't even think of it i mean we've seen we've seen at least three other movies where like a hell like thelma and louise was one of the Thelma and Louise, we had like uh the 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 marvel davidson um i'm I'm, been I'm at least like... I think Hudson Hawk had at least one in yeah. there too. So, but that was kind of weird. I mean, it, they they got their use out of the helicopters in this movie. There was a bunch of helicopter stuff going on. But um, anyway, Billy makes the switch with Yogurt's help. They climb through the vent. Uh, there, uh, the other person we haven't even talked about at all is using uh, choking and asthma as like yeah. a, uh, like a distraction. Snuffy bradbury um he's he's using like asthma as a distraction so that they can you know climb through the vent and do all this other stuff and then like some guy appears in the bathroom one of the guards is there in the bathroom when they return from switching out the chips and for some reason he just kind of like watches them come down the vents and doesn't like try to get help he doesn't, he doesn't say like, anything try to, like, take he just them or anything watches i mean i think that also made me laugh because i'm like i don't know it's kind of when they turn around it's kind of like little kids getting caught like with their hand in the cookie jar or some shit it's like oh shit yeah but but then like the guard doesn't do anything meaningful like he has a big so... ass machine gun he could have been like hold like hold it there before i shoot or something yeah he doesn't say anything he just watches them and i would assume that they have like radios he could have just like held them at gunpoint and be like hey two kids are in the bathroom they just came from the vent like check your shit uh nope none of that so anyway but eventually at some point billy does get taken hostage by louise um you know everything starts to escalate and and you know so he's like Luis is surrounded. He, he knows that his time is coming, and so he gets ready to hit the button. He has Billy in his arm, and he hits the button, and the plane goes off. It worked. Everything Yay. is good. The remote and control Billy's plane Billy's, like, internally smiling, but that enrages Luis even more. So then he... Yeah, and so... Like this he is goes... the only way that they do help Billy, is that, like, uh, Luis is, like, trying to get... No, it's not even the FBI again. It has to be the dean that, like, jumps through the window to actually say... It's it's the dean and some other cop person who he's, like, escorting to the window, which takes evidently, like, 15 minutes because there's, like, this full-on assault. And like, but there's, like, 50 people coming in from random ways. At the very end of the whole thing, uh, he's finally at the window. But um, so like, yeah, like the Dean and this, this guy sort of like join forces. And so like he peeks out the, he, like the Dean is in the window and like distracts Louise somehow. And then the army guy busts through the front door and shoots 
Luis in the head. Yeah. And 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 then like, you know. But then the way and the, then freedom and ending. Yeah, the way the movie ends just also makes me laugh because they're all like, "Yay, we won the end." <laughs> and I was yeah. like, "Oh my god!" And everyone's like, "Where's Billy? Where's Billy? Here I am. Okay, cool." Yeah, he's he's back and let's all dance and rejoice and then the credits I like the way that credits end this way where they show the faces of the people you know like the yeah, actors like with, yeah with the actor yeah I like how credits end that way yeah. I, I don't know why it had to be in this movie because they made it seem like it was I don't know, like a superhero movie or something. <laughs> it's it's this weird. I don't know. It, like it's it's this weird mix of like lighthearted and super serious. That's, yeah, that's, very that's why I was like, um, what was this movie meant for? I mean, because obviously it was meant for the preteens and teens who watched it on HBO. But it's like the movie itself being released in theaters is a rated R. So what? adults would mm -hmm. want to watch this yeah and uh, i don't know we, uh, and it's good that they have those those um those pictures because i mean there are some some actors here that we didn't even talk about there's like yeah. a couple other group of five that we didn't talk about at all because they really don't have much of a point they're just also there like snuffy was there for a distraction right joey was there for the pictures and like the the main you had ricky uh, who, I mean, the, like the he he knew how to speak Spanish, so he was like, uh, okay, yeah. this guy is, is saying this and doing that. So that was like three lines of dialogue where he uh, appeared, and then Hank Giles was just also there. Yeah. He was just there. And then, you know, like, Yogurt, who wasn't part of the main group, was more of a force yeah, than he was... Hank or Ricky. So right. it, was, it was kind of weird. I don't know. Um... The score was also a little bit confusing to me. I don't know about you, but I mean, th the music in this sounded very much like a police academy movie. And like, as soon as like it started up, I don't know, like ten minutes in, like this just sounds like police academy to me. And I looked it up, and Robert Folk, who did the score, yep, he did all the police academy movies. Um, oh. <laughs> <laughs> he also did like Kung Pao, Major League, and Booty Call, Ace Ventura too. Like he's done a like he like, mostly does like comedy comedies. Stuff. So yeah, and so that kind of led to the tone distortion mm -hmm. as well. It's like the score is like goofy cop music in a somewhat se mostly serious setting. So I, I think that kind of like led to the whiplash. So, but I didn't the I mean, you're probably gonna get into this, but like the director even did comedies too, so it's just like yeah, yeah, yeah. The director definitely did mostly comedies. I mean, we can get into cast and crew. I think we've covered most of what we yeah wanted to talk about here. Um, so just in terms of awards, the only award that I saw was it was nominated at the Young Artist Awards for the best ensemble cast uh, for a feature film, but uh, Boys in the Hood won that honor. Um, cast and crew, Daniel Petrie Jr. is the writer and director, Oscar nominated for writing Beverly Hills Cop. This was his directorial debut. Uh, he went on to do things like In the, in the Army Now. Um, and as a writer, he did 
also in the army now he did like the big easy he did turner and hooch and so he's mostly like a comedy person uh david kep the co-writer he's done a ton of stuff mostly in the sci-fi realm chainsaw nominated for stir of echo saturn nominated for death becomes her war of the worlds the 2005 version with tom cruise uh and also ghost town and also a saturn winner for jurassic park Razzie Award nomination for Mission Impossible 1, you know, the Tom Cruise one, which is weird. I thought that was a fine hmm. movie. Uh, two is terrible, but one was fine. Yeah. Um, also, Razzie nomination for Lost World and the 2017 Mummy movie, again, Tom Cruise. Um, he's also worked on Panic Room, Spider-Man, Indiana Jones and the Kingdom of the Crystal Skull, and The Dial of Destiny. On the acting side, we got Sean Astin as Billy Tepper, Oscar nominated for directing a live action short in 1994 called Kangaroo Court. Okay. That, that was that was interesting to see. I had no idea he did anything like that. And, uh, Saturn Award winner for Best Supporting Actor for Lord of the Rings 3, MTV Movie Award winner for Best On-Screen Team for Lord of the Rings 2. Uh, he's been in Goonies, like we mentioned before, Encino Man, Rudy, Click, 51st States, Stranger Things, and he's also been Raphael in the TMNT franchise from 2012 to 2017. Uh, Will Wheaton as Joey Trotta, who put on a New York accent for the role, um, not super effectively, <laughs> in my opinion. Um, he, he was in Secret of Nim, Stand By Me, uh, Star Trek The Next Generation is his most notable role as Wesley Crusher. He's been in Flubber. He's done video game voices for a bunch of different stuff. He was in the Big Bang Theory for several episodes, and in 1991, he'll be in The Last Prostitute in December. Keith Coogan was Snuffy Bradbury. We saw him in Don't Tell Mom the Babysitter's Dead. Uh, we saw uh, General Kramer was Arlie Ermey. Again, we didn't really talk about the Army guys at all, but we saw him in Terror Within too. but, you know, again, yeah. a notable actor. The other kids, uh, again, Ricardo Montoya was played by George Perez. He's in a couple other 1991 things, like he, he's in the the new Adam 12, the TV series, which I don't think we've talked about yet. Um, but it's like a reboot of an old 50s, 60s show. But he went on to do things like Carnosaur, Tin Cup, and Selena. Hank Giles was played by T.E. Russell. He was in Kangaroo Court, directed by Sean Astin. It's basically about like um, uh, racial injustice. And in 1991, he was in the movie Jailsbirds and also an episode of Head to Class. He's been in Swimming with Sharks, Muscle, which is a TV show, I think, uh, the Fame LA TV show. So not Fame the TV show, but Fame LA, and then also City of Angels. Uh, Lewis Cowley was played by Andrew Divoff, Chainsaw nomination for The Wishmaster, where he plays The Wishmaster. He, he has made his career playing villains in things like Breaking Point, Hunt for Red October, Another 48 Hours, Air Force One, Lost, and also in several Call of Duty video games. Uh, Deputy Director Brown was Mason Adams. He was the uh, the lead cop guy who we didn't really talk about too much either. Yeah. But he a long, notable career. He has three Emmy nominations for the TV series through Grant. He was uh, like the main person in Smucker's commercials for a very long time. He was the lead in the Pepper, Pepper Young radio show way back in the day. He was in the, the, the movie FX, he was in Son-in-Law more recently. He's in one of the 1991 Perry Mason TV movies. Um, and also in 1991, he was in Family Matters episode. 
and he was also in episodes of WIOU and Monsters, which we've talked about briefly on this podcast. Uh, the headmaster was Denholm Elliott, the, the one who stayed on campus and talked yeah. to kids. Uh, he's a he's an accomplished actor as well. Oscar nominated for A Room with a View. BAFTA nominated for A Doll's House, St. Jack, Raiders of the Lost Ark, uh, and Screen 2. He's also won BAFTAs for Blade on the Feather, Trading Places, A Private Function, Defense of the Realm. He's in 1991's movie The Scorchers, uh, and also TV movies The Black Candle and A Murder of Quality, and One Against the Wind, which I don't think are going to be on our list because they're probably British TV movies. Yeah. Uh, Lewis Gossett Jr. was Dean Parker. We'll talk about him more soon uh, when we get to the Josephine Baker story. Um, but he is an Oscar and Golden Globe winner for an officer and a gentleman. And then Jack Thorpe was played by Mag- Michael Champion. He was in several other 1991 movies like Heroes of Desert Storm, Leather Jackets, and an episode of The Flash. Uh, he's been in Beverly Hills Cop, uh, Total Recall, and Pink Cadillac, stuff like that. So, whew. We can move on to true crime and pop culture. Okay, so this movie was released on April 26th, 1991, which was a Friday, and it was the same release date as Talent for the Game. That was a long time ago now. I know. Um, I, th- <laughs> I think for Talent of the Game, I think we talked about TV, because I-, I think I remember a TV guide. I didn't look, well, and I have them here with me. Well, I, I don't, you don't have to because I'm not talking TV. Okay. <laughs> but I'm just I'm gonna talk about the new releases again. So I'm I'm back on my bullshit with music. So it was also the same day as A Kiss Before Dying. Yikes. Okay. The new releases. As of April twenty seventh, nineteen ninety one, because half of them I've heard of and the other half I have not we already talked about the top songs and then this was also the day that dinosaurs debuted like let me go into that's that's what I was watching I wasn't watching toy soldiers well I mean neither was I I didn't know that (laughs) I didn't know toy soldiers existed until it was on HBO all the time I did see that Toy Soldiers was like number three the weekend it came out in the okay. theaters. I don't know what yeah, it, one or it, two was. It, I think it barely made money overall. I mean, it made more it than it made a little bit more. The budget was ten million, and the box office was fifteen. Yeah, and then just reading reviews. Like, you know, it's got like, I know, I, Roger Ebert gave it one star and I was like sad. So I didn't even read it. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. He probably was, uh, he just mostly said that the plot of the movie is like predictable and whatever. And I was like, let I was like, let me enjoy my movie. That's also most, most action movies are predictable. So yeah. I don't know. I can understand mixed reviews because it is like tonally all over the place, but I think it works pretty well. Yeah. Okay. Anyway, so <laughs> all right. So I'm just gonna do the releases on the Billboard charts, and there's eight songs, but 
some of them I might gloss over because we've talked about them already. But coming in at number 56 is the song Couple Days Off by Huey Lewis in the News. And I know we've talked about this before because I remember the video being kind of um, like a movie. Like it would stop. The song would stop and then he would have speaking roles in it like Huey and um yeah that and then I also remember how that song didn't do so well like that album it's it was their sixth album so by that time I think this was one of the last albums that ever made it on the billboard charts so, I mean, after mm-hmm. 1990, I mean, I, we were already talked about this. Like, this is when, like, Huey Lewis and the Lou News was, because they were, they, like, kind of peaked in, like, the early 80s. Mm-hmm. So, that was uh, number 56. And then the next new release was Power of Love slash Love Power by Luther Vandross, which that song was played heavily in the grocery stores that was on Luther Vandross's seventh album called power of love. And it was released on the album was released on April 26, 1991. And that album became certified double platinum. And, um, Luther Vandross, he want, yeah, they don't talk about these things anymore, like going gold or platinum. Cause it's like not yeah not too much because it's like individual downloads and like yeah the, YouTube we don't views, see that whatever. anymore or no one yeah. mentions it or I just don't now, pay now attention. it's like a thing of like if you meet like a billion views on YouTube then it's right. like a they have a name for it I forget what the name of it is yeah but this album earned Vandross he got two American Music Awards and two Grammys for this album. So, I mean, it was huge. I mean, that song was like, I don't know if you've heard it. I mean, I'm going to have the videos, obviously, for you. <laughs> the next. Yeah, I, I know. I, I know I would have heard it. Yeah. Yeah. The next single is Playground by Another Bad Creation, which, I mean, I feel like people our age <laughs> know this song. But th- I found this interesting. So this was on their debut album called Coolin' at the Playground and that album was number seven on the Billboard charts and by May of 1991 it became certified platinum and then it exceeded like over a million copies in the U.S. which I mean in sales which is like Mm -hmm. so I mean they were so huge but I feel like that this was like a one because I know they did another album and it didn't do as well like it was just kind of like a one and done thing and their this was their second single off of this album the first one was Aisha okay I'm more familiar with Aisha yeah that one was like bigger I mean both songs are huge And then another song that we've talked about before, this is coming in at number 78, was the New Jack Hustler song from New Jack City by Ice-T. 
I mean, or we talked about that song before, but this was just like the new yeah. release. And then that soundtrack came out around this time. And at number 88 was the song Never Gonna Let You Down by Surface. I mean, they're mostly known for the song The First Time, which was in the top five for a while. And this was their third single release on their third album called Three Deep. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> so, <laughs> I mean, this song didn't do as well. It peaked at number 17, but I mean, the first time, which was their first single, was, you know, number one for a while. I don't think I know that song. The first time? Or this one? Uh, maybe both. I, I think we've talked about the first time yeah, before. I, I, I don't know remember. If you hear the first time, if I you would it, know it. I'd probably know it, but this one probably This not. song, I did not know. Yeah, if you don't know, then I probably don't know <laughs> The next single that debuted, this was at number 91. Okay, the song is I Don't Want to Lose Your Love by B and GB. And she is mostly known as being the back backing vocalist for MC Hammer. Hmm. And she released this album in early 1991, which was co-produced by MC Hammer. And this, this was her debut album, and it reached number 11 on the hot R&B hip-hop charts, and then... It peaked at number 133 on the Billboard 200. Hmm. And she also... Do you ever see the movie Class Act? What kid and play? Yeah, didn't we watch that together? Didn't we? Okay. I mean, I... I don't know. I used to watch I, that movie a lot. Oh, okay. Because I <laughs> so. love that movie. And she sang the Class Act song. So I was like, oh, that lady. <laughs> She's also in okay. it, which I don't remember. Huh. And I mean, then people play tend to put a lot of musical people in their movies, so it makes yeah. Sense. And she also dated Mike Tyson for a bit, hmm. and she was also a, a witness for his uh, rape trial, which I thought okay. was interesting. And then coming in after, I have two more. So coming in at number ninety three was the song "Good Heart" by Starship. And this was on a Greatest Hits album that came out of theirs in 1991. And this song, Good Heart, was like an extra new single to be added on to their Greatest Hits. And I didn't know Yeah, they had... I don't think bands do that too much anymore, but that used to be like a thing. Yeah, they're like, here's our Greatest Hits plus like one or two plus more songs. Plus one or two, yeah. Yeah. But this song was not that great. I mean, I only know, I mean, all I know is, you know, we built this city. <laughs> and then Which nothing, a lot of people hate, but I, well, I actually like. <laughs> yeah, we both like, and then nothing's going to stop us now. I mean, that's, that's yeah. it. <laughs> I don't. But yeah, this was on their Greatest Hits album that came out in 1991. It was the third song on the three song album. No, there was like 12, there's 12 <laughs> songs, I know. I know. <laughs> but yeah. But yeah. 
our greatest hits are two songs. Greatest hits out. But um, this is the last single that came in at number 95. A song called Does Anybody Really Fall in Love Anymore by Kane. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. This is just by Millhouse's dad. <laughs> no. Her yeah. Um, feeling. Yeah. Does Anybody Really Fall in Love Anymore by Kane Roberts. And he okay. is the form he was the former lead guitarist for Alice Cooper. And he okay. just did this solo act. This song was meant to be for Bon Jovi, but he released it. And then it became a cover by Cher later on mm-hmm. in her career. And I was like, this song isn't that great to be like sung by <laughs> I don't know anyone. I don't know. <laughs> This is on Kane Roberts' second album, because he had another one that... His first album was in 1987. He had four albums. And he was also still working with Alice Cooper. Like, I wonder if he was in Wayne's World, like, when they went to go see him live. Oh, probably. He may have been in that room. But this was on his second album where the song does anybody really fall in love anymore it was a hit it's a, it was a hit on mtv and i don't remember this this is not my thing <laughs> i don't remember it but it peaked at number 38 on the rock charts all right so let's move on to rankings and ratings here where on your one to five star scale are you going to put toy soldiers i am giving this movie a three that's controversial. <laughs> I don't know. No, I, I mean, I thought you were going to go farther up just because no, of the... Uh, I mean, Don't Tell Mom the Babysitter's factor, Dead is better than that's this. That's your go-to, yeah. <laughs> that seems to be your barometer for, for nostalgia movies. Yeah. Um, but uh, I yeah, on my zero to four star scale, though, I, I think I'm going to go with a three. So it's like a little bit higher than you in terms of whatever. Um, yeah. Sorry, I cut you off. You were just no, saying. I was just saying, like, I mean, you're going to ask the question, but, I mean, don't tell Mom the Babysitter's Dead is better, but, I mean, obviously I would still watch this movie yeah, for, like, I, nostalgia I gave, reasons. I gave, don't tell Mom, I gave Don't Tell Mom a lower rating. Which uh, is, again, like, today. insanity to me. <laughs> I know. It gets... <laughs> But my ratings are more like based off of like technical merit overall. Like it's like yeah. the total package. And so if there's like a better technical package, then it's going to get a higher rating, even if the other one is overall a little more fun. Right. So um, this one, I, I agree. I think Don't Tell Mom the Babysitter's Dead is more fun. I think right. this one has a, a better presentation to everything. There are obviously downsides to it you know what let me go down to two and a half how about that oh my god <laughs> I, like I'm talking, conv- I'm I convinced you bit. okay yeah i'm talking myself down a little bit because i mean thinking about like the the plot stuff right and like how you know things weren't explained the way i wanted to there were some down turns and in, in like the progression i wanted things to speed up a bit more like the talking was about the wrong things but i mean like it it was well made. It was, you know, like the, the directing was, was good. Um, 
you know, like the action when it was happening was suspenseful and interesting. I liked the relationships amongst all the characters. Uh, so, I mean, yeah, like overall, it's a, it's a, a, a good movie. But yeah, I think Don't Tell Mom is going to be more fun for yeah. sure. Uh, every movie is worth watching once. Would you watch it again? Yeah. 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 Um, I don't think I'm going to watch it obsessively, but I also don't have a crush on any of the characters. So. Well, I mean, not anymore. <laughs> but when I was when I re was rewatching it, I was like, oh, now I realized. <laughs> Cause like seeing Will Re Will Wheaton with like an earring on, I was like, okay, I remember this. Now. <laughs> that, that was the core memory. Yeah, no crushes for me, but I would still watch it again. <laughs> uh, if you out there, if you out there would want to watch Toy Soldiers as of this recording, in September 2023, it's available on Philo, YouTube, Digital Rental, VHS, or DVD. As always, check your local listings. You can listen to us on all of your major podcasting platforms. Please remember to rate, view, subscribe, tell your friends. Get emails at 1991 movie at gmail.com follow us on twitter instagram letterbox youtube just search 1991 movie rewind or go to 1991movie for the bullets of movies along with show notes and more next week we're going to be watching ricochet that's available on tubi cinemax direct tv vhs or dvd we will see you then thanks